You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chuck Carlson tonight on our program about events that are of great significance that have gone on in the state of Arizona and are going on in some 27 states around the United States. Tom Compton, who was one of our co-founders of We Hold These Truths some 17 years ago, will introduce the idea that Israeli partisan lobby in the United States and in Israel are having to go on the defensive to cope with groups and organizations who are seeing the cause of the Palestinians as their cause. Tom, what made you come up with the idea like that when Israel lobby seemed to be on the zenith of their power? Tell us about boycott, divesture, and sanction, and what happened in the Arizona legislature where you were present and participated. Well, Chuck, thank you. I, I, I want just a tiny little bit of background. I think the seed was planted when you published in 1999, One Nation Under Israel, but the book that was written in 1990 by Andrew Hurley was originally titled Holocaust to Saving Israel from Suicide. So. Israel has been on a more apparent suicide path <laughs> these last number of years. And this boycott, divestment, and sanction movement really has kind of brought them out of the woodwork, if you will. And so what's happened, there's been 27 states that have passed legislation that says if you want to do work for that state, then you need to sign a loyalty oath that you will not support boycotts, divestments, and sanctions of Israel. Now, briefly, the, the BDS movement, as it's known, was started by about 150 Palestinian civil organizations in 2005. It was their form of nonviolent resistance, just like what was done in South Africa back in the uh, 80s. And so the background to that is that these laws have been passed. Well, now here in Arizona, a law prohibiting DDS, boycott, investments, and sanctions, was passed in Arizona in 2016. And it really is clearly a violation of free speech, uh, our First Amendment rights. And so a lawyer from Flagstaff who does work for the state of Arizona in the prison system here was denied this opportunity to continue working for the state because he would not sign the loyalty oath. So let me just read a little bit from an article from the Arizona Capital Times. It's entitled, Bill Seeks to Replace Pro-Israel Law Found Unconstitutional. So what happened, this law was challenged by the ACLU here in Arizona and was found to be unconstitutional by a federal judge. 
Now it is being appealed by the Attorney General up to the Ninth District Federal Court in San Francisco. But here's what this article said in part, slapped down by a federal judge, a supporter of Israel is making a new bid to keep those who boycott this country and firms that do business there from getting government contracts, there meaning in Israel. But the proposal by Senator Paul Boyer, a Republican, appears more designed to undermine the a claim held by U.S. District Court Judge Diane Humatawa last year. And an attorney for the American Civil Liberties Union, which won an injunction against the first iteration of the law, called the new version, quote, a transparent attempt to avoid another defeat in court, unquote. Now, this current bill that uh, we found out, some of my Palestinian friends and activists here in the Arizona area found out about a hearing in the Arizona House of Representatives. And it was brought by the Senator Paul Boyer, who introduced this new legislation into the Senate. And then there was this hearing in the State and International Affairs Committee of the Arizona House of Representatives. And it was a very lively uh, hearing because there were, we were outnumbered by the Israeli partisans <laughs> there that were well prepared to promote this bill. And they go on here, the law resulted in a lawsuit last year by the ACLU on behalf of Mick Jordahl, who had been doing work for the Coconino County Jail District worth more than $18,000 a year. Jordahl, according to the lawsuit, also is a non-Jewish member of Jewish Voice for Peace, which endorses boycott, divestment, sanctions, movement to protect, protest. It's interesting, the wording says protect, but that's obviously not right because they do protest the actions of Israeli government, quote, including occupation of Palestinian territories. But he Let me stop you right there, Tom, to ask a but, question. Okay. You mentioned Jewish Voices for Peace. Now, do I understand that there are Jewish organizations that support boycott, divestiture, and sanctions? I know the answer to that question, but I want you to make it clear to all of our listeners that there are several Jewish organizations and a number of Jewish people who think what's going on in Israel is, is horrible and it needs to be fixed. Absolutely. Yes, Jewish Voice for Peace is a national organization. And uh, another one that comes to mind is, if not now, that's a young group of progressive Jewish people that are against the occupation. So there is mounting opposition to what Israel is doing. And so it became a, in a ruling last year, Hamatoa said the law interferes with First Amendment rights. Hamatoa rejected arguments by Attorney General Mark Bronovich that lawmakers have a legal and even moral right to prevent public dollars from going to individuals and companies who try to pressure the Israeli government through economic means. She said the state cannot use its economic power to deny people their right to, to speak out and act on their personal beliefs. And so they, they mentioned that he's going to be appealing this, this law to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. 
And this new bill, titled SB 1167, what it would do is make anti-boycott law applicable only to firms with 10 or more full-time employees and for contract $100,000 or more. It still doesn't prevent from lawsuits because as we know, corporations are considered as individuals and so if somebody within the organization violated this, there could be another lawsuit. And that was one of the arguments that was asked by one of the members of this nine-member committee who actually wound up voting against it. There were three people that voted against this bill and six were for it. Now, to stop you for a minute and to re-clarify for our listeners, what's really being proposed in Arizona is a new bill to take the place of the old bill put out by the same people who passed the old bill that was declared unconstitutional, and they're trying to water it down just enough so that they can slip it by the courts. Is that what's really happening? Absolutely. And, of course, what would happen also, if they pass this new one, then the case by this individual would be thrown out because the law would be void. So, yeah, it's kind of an in-run type of thing here that they're um, they're trying to do. And so it is interesting, as I mentioned earlier, there's 27 states that have approved it. And so the Israeli partisans that were for this brought in their expert. There was a Israeli partisan lawyer from Washington, D.C., and I forget the exact title. He was with not APAC, but I think was somehow associated with APAC. He said that he had written a great many, I don't know if you wrote all of these legislations, and he had mentioned specifically there were 27 states that had passed this similar legislation. And so he was there to testify it. And the approach they were doing, and you'll hear it in this clip that I'll play, that it's more about economics. Let's play this from Senator Paul Boyer, and then I'm also going to play a clip the community was allowed to make testimony because there were so many people who were only allowed a minute apiece. And so the one testimony that I want to play, I think answers your question. It's by a Jewish doctor. I think he's from Sedona that came down. Tom, from the article that, that you passed out, this Paul Boyer, this is what he said. He said, Boyer also defended denying public contracts to firms that boycott companies that do business in Israel, even if that firm is the lowest bidder, and even if it means taxpayers shell out more money to contract with other firms than do not engage in a boycott. So basically we're saying it's going to cost the citizens of Arizona money to uh, abide by this bill that he wants to pass. And I think the, the most interesting is the, the, the next paragraph where he says, this is Boyer's quote, quote, we're saying as a state, we don't want to do business with someone who's taking a public position to boycott, divest, or sanction a people simply because of who they are, he said. And this gets into the whole thing about, you know, uh, the anti-Semitism. Oh, it's just because of who they are. No, it's not because of who they are. It's because what they're doing. And that's what the, the big thing is. Why can't we express our First Amendment rights? to be upset with what people are doing, not who they are. They could be green, purple, yellow, or pink, but it's the atrocities that Israel's doing, and that's what everyone's upset about. So that's who he is, and that's what he thinks, this Paul Boyer from Arizona. 
thanks for pointing it out, Craig. Further down in this same article from the Arizona Capital Times, it says, quote, Boyer, who wears an Israeli flag pin in his lapel, pushed resolution through the House in 2014, declaring that the entire West Bank belongs to Israel and that the 650,000 Jews who have settled there since the 1967 war reside there legitimately. And his resolution said that, quote, claim and presence, unquote, of Jewish people in the land, including the West Bank, has, quote, remained constant through the past 4,000 years of history. And so I think he's wearing his religion on his sleeve there. So with that little bit of background, let me play this clip from Senator Boyer. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for hearing the bill, uh, members. Uh, for the record, Senator Paul Boyer, District 20, which includes Glendale and North Phoenix. Um, staff did a good job of explaining the bill, but just to give you a the state policy perspective, I'm going to give you the big picture overview of the bill itself. Um, in 2016, in, in this chamber, uh, the bill passed out, I believe, 4614, that said that we believe as a state policy, um, if you've decided from your, your business uh, taking an official position to boycott, divest, or sanction the state of Israel, that we just as a state policy, we have said that, that we're not going to do business with you. That's, that's the brief overview of, of what we did back then. This bill before you is just a, a, a slight tweak to, to the original bill, the underlying bill that just removes um, really the small businesses, the sole proprietor. Um, as a matter of good faith, we, we removed sole proprietor uh, from the original language. Uh, we didn't want to waste state resources on, on petty legislation. Um, there was some confusion on a person's private conduct and public conduct, so this law clarifies that. I will say that since 2016, since the bill was originally passed, um, there's been a 27% increase in business between Arizona and the state of Israel, and we'd like to continue um, seeing that, that partnership uh, between Arizona and the state of Israel. Um, I do have an expert here who can answer uh, legal questions that I may or may not be able to answer. And at this point, oh, I, before I do that, um, I'd, I'd like to say, if you're here um, celebrating Purim at the Arizona legislature, if you could just kind of wave. <laughs> Thank you to all my friends who are, have uh, really um, taken the time, uh, given the importance of the holiday today, to, to be here in support of the bill. Okay, that was a curious statement in the end about Purim, which is reported in the Old Testament book of Esther, where Jews are allowed to kill their enemies, that they're using this as retribution for acts they're most curious. Now, there were all kinds of people pro and against this legislation, but I think the one that I mentioned uh, is most interesting and very strong is from a Jewish man, Dr. Daniel Berger. My name is Dr. Daniel Berger. When my brother is suffering, then I'm suffering. As a Jew, son of Holocaust survivors, who traveled through the West Bank in 2015, I saw the terrible inequality, horrible suffering. It was frankly, it felt horrible. I couldn't imagine such laws being enacted here in America against minorities. Um, and so, in this, it, it, boycotts work whether they're in South Africa, whether they're in Montgomery. If this is the land of the free and the home of the brave, 
Give us the freedom to ex express our viewpoints, to try and bring about positive change in a peaceful, constructive way, and have the bravery and the courage to give us that right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, sir. The upshot of this, it was passed six to three out of this committee into the House, so, and it's more than likely that it will get passed by both houses. And so we have to rely on the court system for another case to come up. But it was for us in the Palestinian community and friends, it was a major, wasn't a victory, but at least we were challenging the Israeli partisans. They were very organized. And in fact, they had t-shirts made specifically that had the outline of Arizona. They were white t-shirts with Arizonans against boycotts, divestments, and sanctions. And so they actually had called in the night before to register online. We didn't know that. We just found out when we got there. The Israeli partisans were very organized in the bringing in this high-powered lawyer from Washington, D.C., demonstrated to us what they're doing. And we see this as kind of a, an opening to resisting what's going on. Going back to what you asked earlier, Chuck, about what prompted me, and I think another milestone incident for me that really pointed to this, in 2017, I spent a whole month there based in Bethlehem in the West Bank. And when I came in there, Israel, just about the same time, I mean, almost the same day, there were three Jewish American on a peace delegation into Israel. They were denied entrance into Israel. Now, one of these Jewish people was a rabbi, and they were associated with Jewish Voice for Peace. And, of course, the legislature, the Knesset, had voted some legislation that year that would deny people interests into Israel if they supported boycotts, divestments, and sanctions. And so, and then just more recently in January, another example of this, I don't know what you would call paranoia by Israel, there were three American Jewish students, young people, that go on what is known as birthright tours. And these are funded by moguls like Sheldon Adelson, the casino magnate. And they go there and they get, uh, hopefully they become Israeli citizens. That's what they're looking for. Well, these students, at least one of them started to ask question what the wall was doing there, the wall that separates. And uh, it wound up they got invited to leave, leave the tour because they were asking questions. They don't want people to ask questions. And so these are kind of, what I would say, uh, acts of <laughs> desperation, if you will. I think you ought to open the microphones now. I'd like to make a comment. Help me understand, if you can, this avowed fight back by pro-Israeli forces against the CDS. But my question would be, isn't it unconscionable and unconstitutional for a legislative body, be it in Phoenix or in any other 26 
legislatures around the country that have similar bills, how can they arbitrarily make a law or a ruling that shuts out the people's First Amendment rights? Well, the short answer is these legislators see this as an economic issue, just like we heard from Senator Paul Boyer saying that they've had 27% increase, and you can, I don't know if you can attribute it to that legislation in 2016, but they contend, all oh, this won't hurt the uh, freedom of speech, you know, it was all kind of double talk, and it just really does show the power of the Israeli partisan lobby, if you will, even at the state level. And the interesting thing that I found, the three people that voted against it, one was an American Indian man, a black woman, and a Hispanic woman. Now, there was another black man on the committee who voted for it, and then there was a Hispanic man that voted for it also. You're right. It doesn't compute, but they've conditioned themselves to say, well, this is not a First Amendment Tom, didn't the judge find that it was unconstitutional on account of violating the rights of individuals? Absolutely. And so, you know, they don't give up on these things very easily. But the main thing is that there is some opposition, and the opposition, I think, is growing. A similar legislation was overturned by a federal judge in Kansas also. What I find really interesting about this, Tom, is that the people that are trying to put this legislation forward, I would venture to guess, are the ones who are pretty strong about how important the boycott against South Africa was when apartheid was going on down there. I think you would have, you would have found them waving the banner and saying, oh, we need to boycott South Africa because yeah. of their atrocities and their apartheid policies. And yet the same thing is going on in Israel. There's over 50 laws that uh, discriminate against Israeli Arabs uh, and the Palestinians. And so when these atrocities get presented, you're just being anti-Semitic. No, these are deliberate actions by the government. And people, companies, everybody should say, no, we're not going to participate. We're not going to uh, do any more business with you until you change your policies. Obviously, you're not changing your policies because the, 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 the whole body of nations are saying Israel stop doing it so we've got to put some pressure on you to make you want to change your policies and that's that's the whole issue and the people just don't get it it's uh, South Africa it's Israel it's terrible policies and we need to speak out against it well that's well said Craig another little bit of history here a lot of this information is getting out this report in the Arizona Capital Times is obviously not widely read by general population, but it gave a very balanced story to the issue there. We can think back to when Chuck Carlson went into Israel and then into Gaza in 2002 and and videotaped a a rocket attack by the Israelis from an Apache helicopter hovering just right over where he was staying there in Gaza, and they killed four people and wounded 40. The only way people in America knew about it is if Chuck told them when he got back. So they're having more difficult time to cover up this stuff. And so hence we're seeing some of these 
bizarre reactions uh, against our First Amendment rights and, and so forth. I applaud the ACLU for suing for the right of free speech. I actually heard the Arizona ACLU lawyer that argued the case, and the point that they made, this was a First Amendment rights. They did not weigh on one side whether or not they didn't support or they weren't against Boyd. That was not the issue. And so they were absolutely correct in that this is a First Amendment issue. And so this will help wake up people when they see things like this. And so kind of say, oh, yeah, we lost this one, but it is creating a little more awareness. Um, in fact, there are rallies going on all over the country at capitals. Last weekend, there was one on Saturday morning in Colorado, and Jewish Voices of Peace and numerous Christian groups were out there, and uh, we joined in. And they are simply going down to the capitals and letting the capital know that there's something wrong and they're not happy. And of course, this protest was all about Palestine. That was the movement that was portrayed down there at the Colorado Capitol. So this is actually going on all over the country. The movement is growing to protest against these obvious wrongs because the story you've told us tonight is not just a subtle legal error or a miscarriage of justice. It's a gross violation of citizens' rights. And everybody knows it. Everybody except the Zionist world. Zionism is a disease that allows the people who have it to forget what the truth really is and to believe things that are absolutely preposterous. And Tom, what you've explained here tonight is not just bad legislation. It's something that would have been considered a, an impossible joke in our fathers' and grandfathers' time. They would have, the, the smallest schoolboy would have been able to look at it and see there was something wrong with it. So the Zionist movement has caused people to somehow accept these things, and uh, we need to go on exposing the Zionist movement, whether it's the Jewish Zionist movement or whether it's the Christian Zionist movement, which is really our mainstay. So, Tom, you did a great job. appreciate it. And thanks for going down there and being one of those people on the spot who participated. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1.